Welcome, dumbheads, to MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. In this series, we're examining every single goddamn page of Alien Hunger, a quick start adventure for Vampire the Masquerade, to determine what is the dumbest thing on that page. Every episode is one page, every episode is short. If you'd like to play along at home, this is 1991's Alien Hunger, the official PDF release from White Wolf. Tonight we're discussing page five of Alien Hunger. It's another black page. We're almost done with these kind of introductory pages. The thing is, Vampire the Masquerade only has so many options, especially at this early point in the line's history. A role-playing game supplement can't wear a black t-shirt. It can't dye its hair black. It can't wear eyeliner. How is a role-playing game supplement supposed to show you how goddamn goth it is? Only by doing exactly what this book is doing right now, which is loading up a bunch of black pages right at the beginning to show you that it's not like other role-playing games. It's not leading with white pages. White as in bright. White as in innocent. White, famously the color of sheeple. These pages are black. They are dark. They are as dark as the future of everyone who is suffering through this bitch of a life. Speaking of which, um, suffering, bitch of a life, take your pick. It all comes together on this page. This is a portrait, I was going to say of angst, of angst. It was still 1991. The old ways had not died completely. This is some angst on this page. On this page, we witness the death of a vampire. Now, a couple of things, a little bit of preamble. First of all, spoilers are a big deal in this book. We're going to run across a lot of things for the storyteller at the beginning of the book that I definitely can't describe to you, the listener, because I want you to experience the story as it unfolds, similar to what I did with the Marvel role-playing game supplements from last season. So we're going to be skipping some things, and we'll talk more about that when we get to a page where it's relevant. I bring it up here because what you're about to hear involves a character whom you'll actually meet in a few pages as the story actually begins, but it's pretty much as soon as the story starts, and it's going to be a central character. So I don't want to skip a whole page to avoid spoiling like the first line of the story. So we're going to talk about a guy named Jacob Prester. Uh, You don't know him yet. You soon will. Secondly, I would like you to consider that this book, Alien Hunger, we'll talk about this more later, but it is a quick start adventure. It's meant to be an introduction to Vampire the Masquerade. So what you're about to hear centered on this black page in white text, this not only might be, but was intended to be the first narration of the actual fictional world of Vampire the Masquerade that a player will ever encounter. After the illustration, the quote from The Tempest, that's just warming up the reader. This is Vampire the Masquerade. Quote, Jacob Prester lay on the floor with both legs and arms broken. He could do naught but watch as the flames danced and flickered around him. Why now, he thought. Why now of all times? The fledglings. What will they do? His thoughts turned to the basement, which his assailants had overlooked in their haste, and to those who had soon wakened therein. He held that picture in his mind's eye as he mercifully slid into blackness. Heedless, the flames continued their mad dance around his prostrate form. Okay, then there's a dot 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 here, but I have no time for it. First of all, heedless. Not a comment you need to make. We understand. You know, okay, so this is a a pet peeve of mine with like purple prose. I'm just about fucking through with writers whining to me about the uncaring sea. Like, why would the ocean care about you? I don't. The flame burned you, you poor thing. Like all those fireworks and cigarettes that you lit over the years meant nothing to fire. Of course they didn't. Is there some kind of treachery involved here? 
Is this like, I am Flame Man with the telepathic power to speak to flames, and I went to fight a supervillain, and it went pear-shaped, I got knocked over, the building was already on fire, because that's what I do, and then I was like, flames, back, it's me, Flame Man, and the flames, as they danced, whispered to each other like, did you hear something? I didn't hear anything. Sounded like there might be an annoying superhero here, but I guess not. Burn, burn, burn. If that's not the scenario, and it isn't, you don't know Jacob Prester well yet, I do, he is no Flame Man. This is just a vampire getting burned by fire, which is right and just. Honestly, the best use of a fire's time. So, okay. The whole episode can't be that. I mean, it could be, but I, I have just come back from a long hiatus. I, I can imagine you, the listener, sitting there, having waited low these many months for more MDC, and then week one, episode five, the topic is why I don't think fire should have to care about people. Anyway, don't worry about it. We don't even have to think about the mindset of the flames. If you don't want to, let's think about Jacob Prester. This motherfucker is cool as ice in this situation. And not just like, like I'm in a lot of pain, the situation is bad, I gotta keep moving. No, he's having like poignant thoughts. Let me just, I'll do a little rewrite so that the style doesn't obscure the situation. You'll see what I mean. Here Jacob Prester was, lying on the floor like a hastily discarded hand puppet with his arms broken, his legs broken, angry, hungry as fuck, because if he can't heal his arms and legs, that means he's out of blood. So if he literally can't muster the strength or mobility to get himself away from fire right next to his goddamn face, like singeing his skin about to burn him to death while he fully consciously awaits it, that is angry and hungry and truly incapacitated on the brink of death. And he thinks not inarticulate scream, which is perhaps the dialogue I would have written in this situation, but instead, why now? Why now of all times, the fledglings, single tear, what will they do? Buddy, you got to put on your own oxygen mask first. Only you can't, because guess why? No working arms. His thoughts turned to the basement. <laughs> he was like, fuck this fire. I've got more important things to worry about. I've got company right now. Quote, his thoughts turned to the basement, which his assailants had overlooked in their haste, and to those who would soon waken therein. Is this absurd? Is this the dumbest thing on this page? Yes. But also, this is a fucking vampire. This is a vampire's vampire. You deserve a death like this as a vampire. Either this one or like, there's a couple of ways you can go out. One way is like horrid screeching, unholy demon form revealed, gnarly practical effect, goo shooting everywhere. You probably catch on fire. You're all bad and evil. And then you crumble into the fire. But then, no, fuck you, I'm back for just a second to come up and scare everybody one more time, try to drag somebody down with you, and then finally, you turn to ash. That's one vampire death. You can have that, or you can have this, where it's like you take your last health level of damage, put an X in the incapacitated box instantly, house lights down, single spot, your hair immaculate, your motions are balletic, you writhe gracefully on the ground like the prettiest worm at the compost social. You are a fucking star. In this moment, when you're dying and you're a vampire, this is your birthright. If you're not the demonic exploding type, you're gonna have some feelings you need to get out there. You're gonna have some big final wise words that you need to say about the ages you have seen over low these many years of your cursed existence. Um, you may have a single person you care about in an honest way. You need to say their name dramatically. Or maybe you don't have that person in your life. And you're gonna be like, alas, I die. But as I do, my thoughts turn to those motherfuckers in the basement. What's going on with them, I wonder? And now I expire. Uh, that's your dramatic vampire death. I think that every vampire in Masquerade, provided that they're not going to explode, 
that's how they should go out. And so while this whole thing is definitely dumb, I can't even begrudge it because Jacob Prester is an excellent role model. Um, first of all, on a purely factual basis, if the purpose of this text is to tell the reader, this is what Vampire the Masquerade is, I regret to inform you that for the rest of this book and for a couple of years yet, yes, this is a big part of what Vampire the Masquerade is. But even on an aspirational level, in 1991, we are trying to make tragic ass vampires. It's a weird time for Vampire the Masquerade. Um, as we'll see, it's still holding on to a lot of assumptions from earlier, more traditional D&D style role playing. But also, Vampire is as committed as it will ever be to the proposition that it's not really that kind of game. In this game, you play like tortured anti-heroes. And even in a session where you do actually fight a bunch of vampire mooks and they manage to stake you and beat you up and you lose your last health level, this is not a game about stakes and health level. This is a game about moods and this is a game about themes. And as a vampire, when you die, you're expected to reflect on those themes and maintain that mood. This is like your exit assignment for graduating life. You've been a vampire. These are the last few minutes. Please write us a personal reflection about what being a vampire meant to you, et cetera, et cetera. You know, all the bullshit we've been telling you about, like what was the point of you being here? Say that back to us. Otherwise, you don't get to leave. Yeah, A plus. Vampire death, hugely elegant, dignified, and that's hard to do in a fire. The author has fudged it, I grant you. Like it says here, while he thought about the basement and whoever those people are in the basement, quote, he held that picture in his mind's eye as he mercifully slid into the blackness. Ah, yes, the exquisite moment in burning to fucking death when you mercifully slide into the blackness. I mean, smoke inhalation, yes, but that does not apply to vampires. Vampires can't die from smoke inhalation. They're not affected by it. They don't pass out from heat. They burn to death. Fire was specifically created by God to ruin a vampire's day, and this vampire is having none of it. He's mercifully sliding into the blackness, giving God the double deuce, as his hideous soul curls and falls to ash. Jacob Prester, you magnificent motherfucker. But I mean on this page. Uh, we're we're going to find out more about Jacob Prester, and uh, it's their ups and downs. Speaking of downs, and the downers who bear them unto us, join me next time for two depressingly low-rent vampires on MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. This has been Mega Dumbcast. New episodes drop every day except for Sundays, when all the previous week's episodes drop in one big megasode on the patrons-only RSS feed. If you'd like to get access to that feed and support the show, go to patreon.com slash megadumbcast. Social media was never healthy and is now dying, so if you want to contact me, you can email me. I am megadumbcast at gmail.com. This season's theme song is Suck City by Black Math, whose work you can find at freemusicarchive.org slash music slash black underscore math. Dumbheads, I will catch you next time. <laughs>